What's happening, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinated Today for January the 14th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. If you are brand new to the program, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news of the day and let you guys know what is going on in the beautiful world of gaming that we all do so love. Now, on Mondays, which is what today's show does happen to fall on, we happen to catch up on the news from over the weekend, of which there was a lot. But again, for those that are brand new, the show is hosted five days a week, Monday through Friday, here on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. Then it's uploaded on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media, and then to podcast services around the world. So subscribe slash follow where you do see fit, and I hope you do enjoy the show. But what are we going to be talking about today? Well, the rich get richer. Activision Blizzard's new CFO is getting awards worth $15 million for taking the job. Soldier Boy is back at it again with yet another sketchy console debut. And guess what? It has a fantastic resolution on the screen of 480 by 272, which is defined as an HD resolution, I suppose, if you're blind. Also, it happens to look just like a PlayStation Vita. That's just my two cents, though. On top of that, Nintendo reports that Fortnite was the most played Switch game of 2018. Steam now has 30,000 games in its library. Rocket League crossplay is now live, even on the PlayStation 4, for those that are fans of some little bit of, little bit of soccer rocket ball. Uh, on top of that, Mixer has a brand new form of, I suppose, virtual currency uh, that you can use on their site. So we'll talk more about that and how that kind of changes things in the streaming wars. Anthem is going to have matchmaking for everything. We'll mention that. Summit 1G has passed Ninja in Twitch subscriptions by playing Sea of Thieves. I have a couple of thoughts on that as well. On top of everything, Awesome Games Done Quick has raised $2.39 million for Prevent Cancer Foundation. And we have a couple of big notifications, a couple of big numbers, if you might say that, uh, from Steam Spy, because there are some Steam 2018 in review figures that I thought people would want to know about. And that's pretty much the lineup for the day, but I hope you do enjoy today's show, as I said. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the hottest gaming news of the day. Activision Blizzard's new CFO is getting awards worth $15 million just for taking the job. That, my friends, is a lot of shares. Dennis Durkin, Activision Blizzard's new chief financial officer, is getting a bonus worth $15 million for taking the job. The award consists of $11.3 million of stock and an additional $3.75 million in funds. That is in addition to a $900,000 salary and a $1.35 million target bonus. The publisher's previous CFO, Spencer Newman, was fired after negotiating with Netflix, his new employer. Durkin, his replacement, was previously Activision Blizzard's CFO for five years, and Blizzard also lost its CFO last week. Nice work if you can get it, though the hire is happening at a tricky time for Activision Blizzard. Shares dropped late last year and reportedly Blizzard employees are being paid to leave as part of cost-cutting measures. Activision is also set to part with Bungie and will lose Destiny in the process. And of course, we've been talking about all of these events over the course of the past week or so. And of course, some of those even longer than that. Uh, but big news here, not necessarily because a big wig CFO is going to be getting a big bonus, but because of the way that they're treating uh, how they are sitting financially right now. Because obviously Activision is a company in the gaming industry uh, that makes a lot of money. There is a lot of money flowing through those fingers over there at Activision. 
that goes without saying. Uh, but for them to lose Destiny and for them to be parting ways with Bungie and still feel comfortable giving this individual a $15 million signing bonus, whether it be through stocks or otherwise, that's a pretty big statement. And so that just goes to reinforce this concept that Activision is not hurting in any way, shape, or form. Will they feel the fact that Bungie is no longer working with them? Absolutely. Uh, are sales of Call of Duty potentially going to be going down over the next few years? Potentially. We don't really know how that's going to shape up, but the way the industry is trending, it does seem to be going in that direction. But at the end of the day, what you need to know is that Activision is still sitting pretty, even in the midst of a little bit of turmoil that's going on right now when it comes to the way that their company is being ran. Uh, but of course, to Dennis Durkin, I mean, when you find yourself in a situation where you're being handed giant fistfuls of cash for doing a job, I mean... You can't really blame the guy. He's just getting paid. So, I mean, more power to you, my dude. Uh, but still very interesting to see the people are being, you know, pushed out uh, in the form of being offered cash rewards for giving up their jobs, etc. And then you have this kind of stuff. It's a weird kind of spin. Uh, and I would love to hear how the PR is going to be handling that. However, I digress. For those that are interested in the way Activision is sitting right now, they are still sitting pretty. Pretty enough to give this dude 15 million virtual dollars in the form of various funds. Uh, but... Speaking of somebody who will never make $15 million doing what they're doing right now, Soulja Boy's latest sketchy console is out, and it looks like a PlayStation Vita. The Soulja Game handheld boasts a 480 by 272 HD resolution. This is where you would normally go, ooh, if those were impressive specs. Soulja Boy is shrugging off possible legal threats from gaming giants with another rip-off console. In the wake of his ill-fated Nintendo emulator swag, his latest attempt at plagiarism marries the design of a PlayStation Vita with the specs of a PlayStation Portable. Again, a 480x272 resolution on a supposed HD screen is just the tip of the iceberg. It's probably only a matter of time until Sony tells Soulja, real name DeAndre Cortez, way to pull the plug or face legal action. If you do want to check out the Soldier Game handheld before its inevitable demise, it's up for sale on the Soldier Watch merch website for $100, although there is no mention of compatible games. As with his Nintendo knockoffs, it seems Soldier is just dropshipping the portable device from China, at least according to his AliExpress listing of an identical $33 handheld. Again, $33 handheld, and charging triple the original asking price. The Soldier Watch homepage also features a Soldier Game console that looks like an Xbox One with elongated PS4 controllers. Ha! <laughs> uh, other product highlights include Apple AirPod knockoffs, a Soldier Pad tablet, an Apple Watch lookalike, and a smartphone, which we assume comes preloaded with Crank That Soldier Boy ringtone. To be clear, Soldier Boy is a massive gaming nerd who's, mixed, uh, who's named mixtapes after Mario and even reviewed Braid, so he likely knows the value of his third-rate wares. His other hapless dalliance... I believe is how you say that word, with tech included hoverboards that were snapped up by fraudsters, leaving Soldier with a $175,000 bill for stripe payments that never materialized. Oh, it's fun stuff. Uh, so, we have yet another weird Soldier Boy handheld coming out uh, right now, and you can pick that up again for $100, although it does appear to have a value of $33. Uh, now, it goes without saying that this is clearly a PlayStation Vita. This is what it looks like. It looks like it might be made of a little bit more plastic, uh, but it looks like the 1000 model of a PlayStation Vita, and that's where you're going to run into a lot of issues. Uh, on top of that, I've also seen reports of the fact uh, that it looks like this is also able to run various kinds of ROMs, whether it be GameCube or Game Boy Advance or any of these other things that other consoles have been able to run by the Soldier Watch Company. It looks like it's the exact same scenario, but instead of it being taken down, now it's back up. 
so that's pretty much what you've got right here. I also want to point out the fact uh, that the Soldier Watch new Soldier Game handheld device uh, is a PlayStation Vita design, and in the image that I'm showing on the screen right now, the device is upside down. However, however, the screenshot that is used for marketing is actually right side up. So essentially, if you were to grab this device and play it, the entire screen would be upside down. Oh, man. What are you even thinking? Why even waste the time in the... I don't know. I'm sure he's getting some people that just like his music. But I digress. Interesting stuff, to say the least. However, if you do have a respectable handheld, perhaps the Nintendo Switch, you might have played Nintendo Fortnite version. I suppose that's the worst way to describe that game. You might have played Fortnite on your Switch. Guess what? You're not alone because there have been a lot of people playing Fortnite on the Switch. Nintendo has revealed the most played Switch games of 2018 and Fortnite tops the list. Fortnite dominated the Switch last year when it came to the most played games on the console in Europe, according to data from Nintendo, despite launching on the platform six months into 2018. The company shared the information on the Switch's news feature via Nintendo Everything, and the free-to-play title topped a list of the 21 most played titles, although Nintendo's own IPs managed to round out the remainder of the top five. After its June 2018 release, Fortnite has been installed by almost half of Switch users worldwide by the end of October, at which time the console had sold 22.86 million units. You can check out the full list of the most played Switch games for 2018 below, and they include the top five of Fortnite being a number one, uh, number two, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, number three, Super Mario Odyssey, four, Splatoon 2, and five, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and the rest kind of trickle down all the way to a lot of various quality games games, but interestingly enough, number 19, Paladins. Who would have thought that? Uh, but essentially, Fortnite remains uh, the top played game of the Nintendo Switch for 2018, and that really comes to no surprise. Of course, Fortnite at its core, although many ages play it, is marketed towards children. That's pretty much the main demographic of which Epic Games is trying to tap into. And that, coupled with the fact that the game is free to play on the Nintendo Switch as well as all the other platforms, has helped drive it to the level of success uh, that we're seeing with Fortnite even into the beginning of 2019 and beyond, because of course the game is not going anywhere and by all means still one of the most popular games in the world and the most popular game in the world at the moment uh, but interesting to hear that the Nintendo Switch version even coming out six months in uh, to 2018 is still doing very well as compared to some of the co competition uh, that was already existing on the Nintendo Switch very much so before that just goes to show you how big Fortnite is continuing to become especially in 2018. But for those that might not be into Fortnite, there are plenty of games for you over on Steam because now Steam has 30,000 games. This does not include DLC or other kinds of software like video editors, photo editors, etc. Quietly, softly, sometime in the past few weeks, Steam has reached a grand total of over 30,000 games. That sum is just games, mind you, and doesn't include software, DLC, or videos, which they do sell movies on Steam. That total is about 21,000 more other things, so essentially there are around 51,000 things for you to spend your hard-earned money on. That's one game for every inhabitant of Kent, Ohio, Hatfield, or Hertfordshire. Hatfield, Hertfordshire? Never heard of it. Or Dubbo, New South Wales. It's not an immediately relevant milestone, but it is noteworthy just how much of that total come from releases in the last year or two. According to Steam Spy, about 9,300 games released in 2018, while about 6,700 released in 2017. That means that over half, roughly 53% of games on Steam came out in the two years since the advent of Steam Direct. 
Whether growth will continue is hard to know, but it's probably worth noting that the iOS App Store peaked at half a million games in 2016 and has steadily declined since then. Curious to know more about the history of Steam, they have a visual history over on PC Gamer, but if this growth continues, there is absolutely no way to know if it will. We can conservatively expect over 10,000 games to release on Steam this year, so at least expect one Steam game for every inhabitant of Liechtenstein by the end of 2019. Again, massive figures coming out, and it really is no surprise uh, that Steam is continuing to grow at the rate that it is. Uh, now, my question that I want to kind of pose instead of giving my reflection on this is, will this kind of growth continue into 2019 and beyond, even with the competition coming from the Epic Games Store uh, and other third-party sources of games such as GOG or even stuff like um, Chrono.gg, stuff like that where you can get uh, games, I, I suppose Chrono.gg doesn't count, uh, but you know what I'm saying, these storefronts or platforms where we can get games on PC. Will this increased amount of competition actually impact the bottom line when it comes to how many games are coming out on Steam alone? I doubt it, but still, it's worth talking about. Now, the thing with Steam Direct is that essentially it's like early access, uh, but essentially it's not quite as bad. Uh, so it does have this level of quality assurance for a lot of games. Of course, many games are still absolutely awful and horrendous, uh, but still they have a couple of levels of precaution, so it's not quite as trashy as it used to be. Are all of these games quality? Absolutely not, but hey, they're still there for you to play. Uh, so again, Steam now has 30,000 games available for you, and on top of that, about 21,000 various other things for you to buy or watch if you are interested in that. However, one of the best games on Steam, and on PlayStation, and on Xbox, and on Nintendo Switch is Rocket League, and I'm just curious. In those top games, was Rocket League at number 12? Rocket League at number 12 on the 2018 most played games. Now, you can play together across the PS4, the Switch, the Xbox One, and the PC. Again, just for Rocket League right now, but more games to come in the future as we have been talking about. Rocket League players can now battle each other regardless of the system they are playing on. Developer Psyonix rolled out cross-platform play support for the vehicular soccer game Monday across the Nintendo Switch, PS4, PC, and the Xbox One. Psyonix and Sony added Rocket League to PS4's cross-play beta program today, an initiative that launched in September in large part thanks to Fortnite and player outcry. Cross-platform play is now available in all of Rocket League's online match types, including casual, competitive, and the extra modes. Cross-platform play is enabled by default, but there. Uh, but here is how to make sure you have it switched on according to Psionics. You head to the main menu, you go to options, and then you make sure the cross-platform play box is checked in the gameplay tab. Psionics also said it plans to release cross-platform party support as part of Rocket League's first update for 2019. Details on that update are forthcoming, but Psionics said it would let players partner up with friends on any platform with the push of a few buttons. So cross-play for Rocket League on PS4 has been a long-standing player request. Other platforms have supported cross-platform support, but Sony has been notorious for holding out, I suppose, with the exception of letting PS4 players matchmake with PC players. Psionics hinted that it was working to bring PS4 into the fold last fall after Sony opened up its console to cross-platform play. And so you see the finalization of a project that has been in the works for a very long time. Yes, that's right, the console wars are beginning to end. They're not over. 
but they're beginning to end, which is something that is very cool in my opinion. Uh, so of course, for you guys that don't know what Rocket League is, it's a fantastic game that actually launched as a PlayStation Plus game, and then it's just kind of continued to gain traction ever since then whenever it launched a couple of years ago. Uh, but it's become a worldwide sensation, again now out on the Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. And to see you uh, have the opportunity uh, to play with people across every console is something that is absolutely fantastic, something that is great to see, uh, and something that many other games should emulate going forward, because there is no reason to keep this wall up uh, between the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 specifically, uh, but even more so uh, between all these other consoles that are launching and also that have launched. Uh, just make everybody uh, allowed, I guess, I, have, have the opportunity to play with whoever you want, wherever you want. That just seems like a no-brainer, especially in 2019. But I digress. I suppose I'm from a different time period. The future, because we're future thinkers here. Uh, however, if you did want to play uh, Rocket League with your friends across various systems, then by all means, you can jump on again on the PS4, Switch, Xbox One, or PC and partner up with those that you would like to play with, regardless of console. Uh, now, for those that have an Xbox One, you might have seen a Mixer tab, and for those that pay attention to the streaming space, you might know what Mixer.com is. Essentially, it is Microsoft's streaming service, and guess what? There is a brand new way to support the creators you love over on Microsoft's version of Twitch, essentially. If you really want to break it down, I know some people are going to take offense to that description, but hey, that's what it is. Uh, but you have a brand new service called Embers, a paid virtual currency for viewers. Mixer today announced the launch of Embers, a paid virtual currency for viewers that can be spent on premium skills, including animated stickers and full screen effects. With premium skills, viewers can also add a custom message that will be prominently highlighted in chat. For gamers who stream on Mixer, Embers enables a new monetization way by enabling a more direct form of patronage with bigger cash rewards. Embers is different from Sparks, an already existing virtual currency on Mixer, and you can hear about the difference as follows. Sparks are a virtual currency that viewers can earn for free just by watching streams on Mixer. Embers are a paid virtual currency that viewers can purchase directly on Mixer. Although there are specific skills for each currency, both Sparks and Embers will result in patronage for a partnered streamer. Embers provide a more direct form of patronage as Mixer partners receive a fixed dollar amount per Ember spent on their channel. In contrast, Sparks spent on Mixer partners channel will go towards achieving Spark milestones for cash bonuses. Embers do not have weekly milestones and do not impact Spark milestones. A lot of those were tongue twisters in my opinion. But Mixer Ember rollout starts today for users in the Mixer mobile app on Android and the iOS with more support to come next week. So, to break that down for you in English, Mixer has bits now. That's pretty much the way that this works. So, of course, as the article did say, Sparks are a way to simply earn this kind of credit in a way by watching content on Mixer. And then whenever you achieve a specific amount of Sparks, you can then use those to contribute towards somebody's milestone. And once somebody hits a milestone of, say, 30 million Sparks, which sounds like a lot, it really isn't, uh, then you can therefore kind of turn that in and get some cash from Microsoft, which is a fantastic way to literally organically support Mixer streamers by simply watching content on the site. If you have no money, 
you can still support in that way and that's fantastic now embers are more like bits in that if you purchase say five dollars worth of embers which i haven't even looked to see what embers are worth to be quite honest with you uh, but let's say you have five dollars worth of embers i would assume that maybe that translates over to five dollars or maybe four dollars or three dollars for mixer partners that you use those embers on uh, so essentially more money for them less of a grind but still you do have to pay for it but as mixer has continued to grow and let me tell you it has continued to grow uh, you're beginning to see more of a ecosystem over there on the platform that is similar to that of twitch uh, you're beginning to see more people make a living by doing mixer streaming and that's something that is pretty cool to see uh, now i will say that i have been spending more time checking out some of the content on mixer and although there are a lot of people that are just streaming from their xbox which again there's nothing wrong with that uh, there are a lot of people that are producing very good quality content over there on the twitch competitor and that's something that is beginning to kind of um change i suppose is the best way to put it when i first started watching streams on mixer i wasn't necessarily impressed with the kind of content that i saw not saying that it was bad I'm just saying that as compared to what was being shown on Twitch as from, you know, established Twitch streamers, it wasn't exactly up to par. But now that time has passed, now that more people have made the jump, you're beginning to see some pretty good content over there. And so if you did want to give streaming your shot or if you are a partner and mixer streamer, then guess what? You can get a brand new form of currency that allows you to find support out there in the community. So that's pretty cool. And you can dive in right now and check it out on iOS and Android. Or you can wait until next week whenever support rolls out site-wide for more Ember integration. But moving on to the next story of the day, Anthem. A very significant spring release on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC will have matchmaking for everything. Producer Ben Irving confirms matchmaking via Twitter. Anthem is barely a month away and information continues to trickle in on how the game will operate in the wild. For games like Destiny, matchmaking is often not available for the game's hardest and most rewarding content. Anthem seems to be going another way with it, according to Bioware. Ben Irving, one of Anthem's lead producers and a frequent host of Bioware's gameplay streams, took to Twitter to answer a fan question on the subject, confirming that matchmaking will be abundant. Irving assured players that all activities in the game will have matchmaking in one way or another. However, not all activities for Anthem are currently known. Thus far, we've only seen gameplay of the free play mode as well as the game's take on dungeons called Strongholds. In publisher Electronic Arts' most recent live stream, the team revealed that Anthem's version of raids won't make it out when the game launches, and players who intend to get their gear up as high as they can will have aspirational content to chase at launch, however. Solo players will undoubtedly make use of the newly revealed matchmaking to aid them in their quest. Potential Anthem players who are worried about not having a serious crew day one should be able to breathe a bit easier knowing that a well-formed group will be just a short queue away. And that's really the point that I want to drive home with this one, because whenever I saw this article out there in the wild, I thought back to day one in 20, I believe it was 14 when I was playing Destiny, uh, and I dove in as a single player. I had a friend that played, but I didn't really have this giant, you know, fire team to dive into all the activities with. And so considering that there was no matchmaking and considering that I don't really like branching out and trying to find looking for group forums and, and anybody that's trying to find other people to play with, it was a difficult grind for me because I finished the entire campaign of the first Destiny. I played it for a good about 100 hours or so. Uh, but after that, considering that I was a solo player, I began to kind of drift off from it and I really haven't gone back to Destiny since. 
Now, with that being said, uh, matchmaking being directly integrated into every single event, every single activity that you do in Anthem is going to save it in the long run for people like me that don't like to branch out, don't like to look for looking for game groups, uh, don't like to try and, and, and find people to play with. If you are a solo player, Anthem is going to cater to you more, and that's something that is very exciting for people like me. Uh, so again, if you did want to dive in Anthem, is going to be coming out in just a couple of weeks so get your pre-orders in just kidding no pre-orders uh, but again coming out in just a couple of weeks on the ps4 the xbox one and the pc now for those that watch a lot of twitch you'll know that ninja has been absolutely killing it over the course of the past roughly year or so since fortnite has begun to just become the worldwide sensation that it is with that being said summit 1g has passed Ninja in Twitch subscriptions by playing Sea of Thieves. Now, before I dive into this one, is this trivial? Absolutely. Is this pointless? Absolutely. Is this none of my business? Absolutely. But I have a point that I want to make. It may be the end of an era, they say at Game Rant on Twitch. Ninja, the currently most popular live streamer in the face of Fortnite, has fallen in subscriptions to the point where he is reportedly no longer in first place. As of Twitch Stats' latest update, Summit 1G has surpassed Ninja's total subscription count with 42,943 sub points. Tier 2 and Tier 3 subs count as multiple subs. Even more surprising is Summit 1G's game of choice, Sea of Thieves. Who would have thought? Summit 1G is a variety streamer, meaning he plays any number of games month to month, but focuses on competitive multiplayer games. Returning to Sea of Thieves, Summit 1G brought that aggressive competitive mentality with him. He's well known for sneaking aboard enemy ships, hiding and then either sabotaging them in a dire moment or robbing them blind when they're not looking. This brand of gameplay, or at least Summit 1G's de dedication to hit, has proven extremely popular on Twitch. Though to be fair, some of Summit 1G's actions have been described as griefing, and his brand of expletive-laden smack talk is creating some controversy within the typically easygoing Sea of Thieves community. Nevertheless, Summit 1G's popularity has created a surge on Twitch for the game, with more streamers joining the trend every single day. And so right now, you have essentially a uh, pretty much uh, trio of high-quality content coming from Summit 1G, Ninja, and Shroud, all in first, second, and third place, respectively, when it comes to subs on Twitch. Uh, now, we could go on and talk more about Fortnite and Ninja and Summit and all that, but the point that I want to make here is that people say that Fortnite is going to rule the world forever. People say that Fortnite is the new Minecraft, is the new, you know, big-name game that every Twitch streamer is going to be playing, and is that, to some degree, true? Yes. But the fact that Summit has passed Ninja in terms of Twitch subscriptions proves in my mind that the basic idea of Twitch, the fundamental foundation that Twitch has been built on, is by no means going away. It's by no means fading. You are still going to be seeing that same level of content, that same quality of content, that same uh, Twitch content is the best way to put it, uh, on Twitch for the foreseeable future, regardless of how big Fortnite gets or regardless of what other trend comes in the industry, you're still going to be seeing that classic kind of stuff because Summit is one of the most classic streamers that I can think of. Uh, so if you did want to dive in and check out his Sea of Thieves antics, it is some pretty quality content, I must admit. And again, that is twitch.tv slash summit1g. And uh, yeah. Congratulations to Summit. Now, congratulations also to the guys over there at Awesome Games Done Quick 2019 because they have raised $2.39 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. 
That is a very impressive number. The charity event kicked off on January the 6th and ran for one single week. During that time, a team of volunteers sailed through 133 titles, including familiar faces like Crash Bandicoot, Castlevania, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, one of my personal favorites, Jack 3, God of War 2, Metal Gear Solid 2, and The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. More than 2,200 people attended AGDQ in 2019 in Rockville, Maryland, while the event's Twitch stream peaked with around 221,000 concurrent viewers. A pretty respectable number. Since 2010, Games Done Quick has raised over $19 million for various charities around the world, including Doctors Without Borders, the Organization for Autism Research, and CARE. Those curious cats among you can learn more about the event over on the Games Done Quick website, where you'll also find a highlights reel and live stream archive. But again, $2.39 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Gaming does good, people. Gaming does good. You see it with Guardian Con. You see it with Summer Games Done Quick. Uh, you see it with various events throughout the entire industry and throughout the entire gaming community. And it's something that is always going to be talked about on this podcast because it is significant. It is important. And it is worth talking about because you can put good back into the world regardless of what you do, whether it be going out and giving to the Salvation Army, whether it be giving your time at a local food pantry or, you know, any kind of fundraiser, whatever it might be, even playing games for people online to donate and support. It's awesome. It is quite frankly awesome. But the final story of today's show, Steam Spy has pointed out that there is a brand new Steam 2018 in review and it is full of numbers just the way that we like it. Now, I'm only going to focus on these four numbers that I have for you right here, but essentially Steam in 2018 had 47 million daily active users, 90 million monthly active users, 18.5 million peak concurrent users, and 1.6 million new purchases each and every month. Those are some pretty impressive figures. And this kind of goes back to our Steam now has 30,000 games talk. Uh, Steam is going very well for everybody involved. It is a grand venture uh, that continues to prove itself as the go-to spot for PC gaming. And again, going into 2019 and beyond, how is the Epic Game Store going to stack up? Are we going to see more third-party launchers and third-party platforms begin to launch on the PC? It's an exciting time to be in the space. So... That wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinate. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below, and I appreciate everything you guys do for the show and for myself. And of course, again, if you happen to be brand new to the show, it's hosted five days a week on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams, and then it's up on YouTube. It's up on podcast services around the world via the illustrious, the beautiful, the fantastic anchor.fm slash Samuel Adams, where you can find links to all of the sources for the audio version of the show. But as for right now, I will catch you guys tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time for a brand new episode of Caffeinate. You have a fantastic rest of the night and peace.